What do you mean? Do you, do you have notes? Do you have uh, talking points you want us to go over after the show? Yeah, it's boring. We can go ahead and do that human stuff. That's better. <laughs> it's boring? What was it? Yeah. Okay, cool. We'll do the human uh, stuff. I had that Blythe Masters says okay, that bitch. fear and greed will drive banks to the technology behind Bitcoin. She thinks that Wall Street banks will eventually accept blockchain technologies, but not Bitcoin. And I wanted to call her a bitch. <laughs> Chill again on his own personal vendettas. So I think that'd be a nice segment, like stupid shit that dumb Blythe Master says. Like, you know, this week she says this stupid thing. I say we roll with it. <laughs> I kind of like it. Here's the thing, well, though. We could probably never have her on the show. If we have to oh, call yeah, her a yeah. bitch. I think that's a given. okay let's run with it welcome to the bitcoin podcast this show is intended for information purposes only but we're not experts we're just two guys within the bitcoin community bitcoin is an experiment in the separation of money and state you'll be surprised how many will support that and adoption is the only thing that matters Hey everybody, welcome to the 23rd episode of the Bitcoin Podcast. I'm your host, your first host, Marcello. And I'm host number two, D. I am the third host, Corey. And I think this week's, uh, I guess, real big news is uh, China unofficially, I'll put that in parentheses, unofficially authorizes Bitcoin and... I think, you know, although some people think that Bitcoin and its underlying technology, the blockchain, it's not stable. We, can, we can't ignore the revolutionary changes that it's brought to their financial sector. And I think the new technology has led to the expansion of a distributed payment settlement mechanism, which will innovate financial transactions. So I think that's true. But what I want to ask you guys, true or false, is if you think digital currencies have entered the quote-unquote post-Bitcoin era away from volatility and towards regulation and mainstream development. D, mm. go ahead, bro. Huh. I think, yes. I think now Bitcoin has been around so long. It's in so many people's psyches, um, but not necessarily their focus. Um, people know it exists. But not a lot of people are taking that dive into it as you, as they used to. So now what you're left with is just a massive group of people and a massive group of intellectual resources um, that can be put forward to make Bitcoin better and make Bitcoin a, a competitor on this financial, this fintech um, adventure that seems to be starting up with so many people trying to disrupt uh, the financial incumbents. I think this is probably the start of a very boring era in Bitcoin history where it's just a lot of work being done and a lot of hurdles being jumped, but not a lot going on with the price. I think there's there's so many players in the price game when it comes to exchanges and, and ways to invest in Bitcoin that that volatility is coming to a close. So... So we're not a startup anymore. We're we're operational, and it gets boring. Yep, pretty much. Like, 
Yeah, like how Facebook is boring to young people now, but when I use Facebook, it seems really functional. Like, especially for us when we're doing things on the Bitcoin podcast side on our Facebook, like the analytics and all of the ad, not ads, but the apps that Facebook offers just to help make Facebook that better, that much better. That stuff is great, but it's not exciting to people. It's like, oh, you can analyze your clicks, whatever. I want to look at this meme. And, you know, so. Yeah, I think the exact opposite. Okay, that's why we have you here, Corey. (laughs) Get out of here. So we can't be the Facebook because Facebook is ubiquitous. I mean, everybody uses it. And I think we're right Right on the verge of this massive change in the way people use money. Right now, the only people that are in Bitcoin are the nerds and the early adopters and the tech people building these applications, building this foundation and groundwork to help the masses transact money and dramatically new in different ways that are that are helpful and less you know, less expensive easier to use uh, cooler more fun to use for that matter more personal less personal but it's only the groundwork and no one's using them yet it's it's the people who are using them are the people who are mostly either trying to invest in bitcoin or creating the apps that are people are going to use in the first place and it, we're going in this year i think we're going to see drastic major changes in the way people do things because these these applications and these different this foundation and groundwork is going to be put online and put into use by people and when people start using it they're not going to know they're using bitcoin they're going to just say oh my phone does this cool new thing where i can spend my money and it's cool and it works and it's fast and i'm going to use it and that's when the change is going to happen and I think the price is going to reflect that. And so I think we're, we're right at the verge of having a, a very large jump in price. So do you think the, the Bitcoin price rising is due to Chinese demand or the Winklevoss exchange Gemini? It's, a, it's, it's all of it. I mean, this, the, all of these things are happening in concert. It's not, it's, that's what I mean by everyone setting the stage. It's like the Minkelvi are doing things, the Chinese are doing things, different governments are accepting it. These different, you know giant apps that help you do things are coming online now and starting to be used and then intertwining with each other so that you have this synergistic uh, behavior going on where, you know, the sum of the apps is more than the individual summed up. It's a symphony. Yeah. And it's, and it's hotness. I'm excited about it. She's going to be great. Shakelvi and Bakelvi. I really yeah. tried to turn that into a thing, but nobody liked it. So. No, that doesn't. That doesn't. It's shake and bake. Oh, we get it, but from the, we, from the movie. <laughs> but we didn't help. You would have been like the worst bully at Harvard. <laughs> it wasn't a bully statement. I was giving them props. It was like he's trying to by. be their friend. He's like he's the guy trying to be like you know, give me that, bro. And they're like, <laughs> whatever, man. <laughs> okay, so can you blame me? Like, hey. Um, what are you doing this weekend? I don't know. Hanging out with some friggin' Olympians, Shakelvi and Bakelvi. Oh, see, that just sounds. And they awesome. would have just said, "Why did you call them that?" Just, just 
Don't do that. And I would say it's because they're my bros. I watch them row. They watch me play video fighting video games. Oh, man. We're bros. <laughs> Bro up. Anyway... Hey, man, yeah, that's what I, I don't think. see you. Me and D are on different difference of opinions on this one. Your tweets aren't getting favorited by Tyler. My tweets are. Is it's that, probably, is that the Shakelvi or the Bake? Which one is Tyler? Bakelvi? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to say that Bakelvi goes to. Why don't you tweet them and ask which one prefers which name? <laughs> I should. I should do that right now. Hey, which one do you prefer to be called Shakelvi? Like what? I'll never come on your show now. <laughs> um, yeah, but like Corey said, I mean, well, did I sway your opinion, or do you are, you are you holding steadfast? Holding steadfast to my opinion that we're in this trough of boringness. Yes. Um, yes, I'm going to hold steadfast to it. Um, because Is that out of pure pride, or are you really holding on to your convictions? It's it's out of this point. It's out of pride and and protecting my opinions. Cool. And that's what it is. No, I, I, I just think it's that way because I don't see this, this huge influx of new buyers coming in. I, I mean, I'd like to think that's going to happen, but you've got the people with big money kind of on the sidelines still being bitch made. And I'm okay with that. They made their millions by being bitch made. They're not just going to throw it all down the tunnel in one bet on Bitcoin. I mean, but, even the people we've interviewed talked to talk to us about how they think adoption is going to come from people using Bitcoin without knowing they're using Bitcoin. I mean, Brock Pierce talked about this. I mean, and other people yes. have talked about this. And it's, that's, those are the types of apps people are making where they're using these on-ramps. And I think the on-ramps that are going to be the most useful are the ones where people don't know they're actually using them. Yes, this is, these are all fine and dandy, but what does that do for Bitcoin as a currency? That's great. It for makes Bitcoin it useful. It makes it incredibly useful. I mean, if you use the technology, you're still transacting in Bitcoin. So the currency has more value. If you use the network, the currency intrinsically has value. Yeah, I mean, there's that's, people out there that use Linux and they don't know they're using Linux. That's doesn't, everyone. It, it, it doesn't it's, devalue it's, it as a platform. Yeah, yeah but, but the whole Linux idea is, is that, this, that you have a closed network that... Hmm. If you use the closed network, the tokens exchanged on the closed network inherently have value. And the more people that want to use the network, the more the more value the tokens have. Oh, you make it sound simple when you say it like that. Why didn't it you is say simple. it like that the first time? It, it, I guess I don't know. I, it takes me a couple times to actually get to the I guess the, the right words. That's why I'm here. Are you on the side of the highway, Corey? What is that about? It's my it's it's Brazil, dude. I, we, there's windows <laughs> open all the time, and there's cars <laughs> driving everywhere. Brazil. Hey, Brazil. Um, there's no hot wings in Brazil. Do you know that? Yes, there are. Ronda Rousey said that she had a fly in a chef because there are no hot wings in Brazil. Yeah, it's because the wings that they have are not hot. <laughs> they don't have hot food here unless you're in like Bahia. Well, then there's no hot wings then. They have chicken wings. They love chicken wings, but they just put salt on it. Everybody loves chicken wings, but you got to have them hosed with buff- buffalo sauce. Oh, we. I've made some. I've made some like jalapeno <laughs> burgers, and people people like thought that thought they're gonna die. Cello, did you hear that? Buffalo sauce. Buffalo <laughs> sauce. Um, well, well, you wanted to talk about something that we didn't get to talk about in the last episode 
Do you want to talk about that now? Who's you? Uh, Dimitrik. He wanted to talk about side chains. Yes, I did. Um, the new rapper. I didn't. Side chain. <laughs> it's two chains. It's protege. <laughs> I thought it was funny. Um, <laughs> let me see here. I did want to talk about side chains, but the thing is, is that since you didn't tell me we were going to talk about it tonight, uh, I don't really have anything prepared. Well, I thought um, you had, uh, you know, personal opinion about it. We don't prepare things here, man. It's just free flowing. We're just yeah. going off the dome every week, so yeah. Um, Sorry, I need to qualify that for our non hip hop listeners. Off the dome off the means dome. that uh, we don't really prepare. It's all freestyle, improv kind of thoughts off the cuff. So, okay, now that we had that public service announcement. Um, All right, well, let's start. Uh, a sidechain is a high-volume, low-fee cryptographic platform to the current blockchain, where right? Where did that definition from? I'm, just ma- I'm making it up to sound smart. Is that correct? <laughs> okay, good. That, good. that sounds pretty good. It's, it's basically a, a, a blockchain uh, for some different kind of token that has different features than the main Bitcoin blockchain. But through a device called the two-way peg, you then can assure the consumers of the sidechain that you're still using the uh, security of the main Bitcoin blockchain. So now I think theoretically uh, down the line, you're looking at situations where countries could have their own blockchains and, and all businesses and pretty much anyone who wants to have a chain can have a chain but they could also peg that to the Bitcoin blockchain. And considering that the Bitcoin blockchain has the biggest network and the most security, all that does is add almost, (laughs) I don't know, infinite value to the Bitcoin blockchain in my eyes, in my eyes. So I don't know. Just so much more functionality. Yeah. It's like it, endless functionality you can add to it. All, all of the downfalls of Bitcoin with the, you know, have, you know, so many transactions per second or things that may not be able to be taken care of can be taken care of in these side chains and then just settled on the block, Bitcoin blockchain. Absolutely. And like so a 21 I, network, 21 company network. Yeah. Like their entire network could be settled on the Bitcoin blockchain and they can continue to have millions of transactions per second if they needed to. And, I think side chains are going to be a great addition to Bitcoin if it ever becomes something that is commonplace. Like if businesses just or, or you know, countries create their own digital currency and then guess what? Bitcoin becomes the reserve currency. So. So you're going to call the country's currency a side chain to Bitcoin? Yes. Or all um, countries settle on Bitcoin? Well, just think about it like this. Um, say. Marcello, you be Germany, I'll be Africa, and Core, you be Ireland. Um, that's very appropriate. Yeah. And say we all build our own digital currencies, right? And then mm. we're all doing business with one each other. Am I going to trust your books, Corey? Are you going to trust my books 100%? Nope. Marcello, are you going to trust my books? Am I going to trust your books 100%? Am I passing an opportunity to say ya yeah, like a German or do I have to say no? <laughs> yes, das ist gut, yes. Das, das ist gut. Das ist gut and I don't know German, but um 
why, I mean, why would you want to when we could all just plug into the Bitcoin blockchain and settle there? And that way everyone knows that everyone's playing the game honestly. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm, let's just take it out of us and take it less personal. If I'm USA and I'm China and we're doing business together, I'm definitely not, if I'm China, I'm not going to trust USA to do the books correctly. And if I'm USA, I'm not going to trust China to do the books correctly. But I am going to trust the Bitcoin blockchain to do the so, books correctly. So living in the real world, I don't think, at least thinking about America, that America would ever do this because it puts a lot of control out of their hands. The people of America may want it, but the government would yes. never do it. It sucks that that's different now. Like, I feel like it should be like we get what we want. Which sucks that way, yeah, but it's not, I don't think it's the reality. Well, it's, it's that's not, not just that, for that, America, that, that, though. That only takes away from America or the country's not willing to be involved. It doesn't do anything to the cryptocurrencies. They're going to be around and they're going to be used, but people don't use them for their own like if if there's a technology that works better and you don't use it because of your own selfish or greedy desires, then you screw a lot of people in that process when you have control over a lot of things that people want. It's a very ambiguous way of saying the government sucks. Yeah, but does our government suck that bad? I have no idea. That's for time to tell. But I think that's a physical okay. nightmare I think that they, they would never do. Oof. I don't know. I watched a documentary recently on the shittiness of our government. Oof. Oof. Was it just called the shittiness of our government? It was It was actually called uh, Shittiness of Our Government, uh, Volume 2. Oh. So it was a sequel. Good enough to have a number two. <laughs> no, it was called like The Hacker's War. And oh, The Hacker's out. War. We just watched that. You did? did yeah. You, did, was, was it not scary a little bit? A little scary. It was a little <laughs> scary. Like... Marcello, did you watch it? Oh. No, those those guys, those guys though, they're they're they're. I mean, don't get me wrong; it points out a lot of bad things, but those guys are socially inept in some cases. So yeah, the they first take guy it to extreme. Who, I mean, although he did get an unreasonable amount of jail time for what he did, it's kind of like they were punishing him for being a jerk. Like, I don't know, but not to talk about the shittiness of our government and talk about side chains. I think it's a great opportunity for Bitcoin because it allows Bitcoin to expand its consumer base. If if you don't like the features of the Bitcoin blockchain, build your own chain and secure it with the Bitcoin blockchain. Kaboom! Yep. Yeah, I'm excited about the I mean, the implement the implementation of the big side chains that have a lot of security and, and utility and then like like the 21 network. What happens with that and how that progresses? Um, um, and that's one of those other things that's coming out that's you know going to make yep. a big difference in the way a lot of people do business and people won't necessarily know what they're doing they're just using a new feature that's fast and useful and helpful it's going to be mad oh see what you did there oh I see what you did there yep, yep. <laughs> I did it I did that alright I think it's interview time with Mad bitcoins, man! You gotta and say it with gusto, man. He's gonna be mad. Uh, uh, that's that's uh, <laughs> that's his trademark, man. I don't want to step on his toes because then I might do it better than him. 
we're gonna we're trying to help build his his base. We gotta give we gotta put something into it. I don't think uh, we can all build honest, his base. It, yeah, I think you, you base. On, yeah, you can help us. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Um, so he's got a website, madbitcoins.com. He has a YouTube, uh, mad bitcoins, a SoundCloud, world crypto net, iTunes, world dash crypto dash network, and a Twitter. And he's at a mad DJ. bitcoins. And so he's yeah, a DJ too, right? He's a DJ. So his base is way bigger than ours. He's and, not uh, a DJ. The reason why he's on the show is uh, because we do we do what he does a little bit, so it's kind of cool to kind of invite our competitors if he is a competitor. Just no, some, no, he's a teammate. Teammate, there you go. We're all soldiers in this Bitcoin thing, so he kind of he's gonna kind of tell us how he got started, and we'll trade riffs and have a good time. Oh yeah. All right, cool. So uh, first off, uh, I think we're all curious, uh, you know, as a person involved with the Internet and Bitcoin, and I think we've actually interviewed a couple of the same people. Have you heard of us? Have you heard of our podcast in the Bitcoin scene? I try to listen to all the Bitcoin podcasts I can, but there's always so many new ones that I'm just constantly trying to keep up. Oh. Yeah, yeah, it seems to be a little bit oversaturated, but we're trying to like find our voice. So, so we uh, we unintentionally kind of adopted your format of you know a little bit of serious, a little bit of comedy, a little bit of informative. So we're just you know kind of finding our place. So uh, you know we really appreciate you being on the show. Sure, I definitely think it's important to throw some comedy in there just to keep things light, especially Bitcoin, such a heavy subject at times. There's so much math and computer programming. Uh, we need to remember this is fun too. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that you're kind of a, a early adopter. You, um, uh, I guess, did you did you initially get interested in Bitcoin when you saw Bitcoin jump from like twenty dollars to two hundred and fifty dollars? Like, is is that when your eyes kind of widen or like, whoa, I need to get in this? That was the big sign that I'd missed the boat. I had heard about Bitcoin before and I'd read about it and it sounded really cool, like internet money, uh, but I just kind of put it in the back of my head and I didn't think about it. And I actually saw like a demonstration of it or something, and I thought, wow, that, that's World of Warcraft money. But how are you going to convince the entire world to accept World of Warcraft money, especially when it makes the early adopters rich? And I didn't know how they were going to do that, but when I looked at it two or three years later, all these companies had popped up like Coinbase and BitPay, and they made it really easy for people to buy and sell Bitcoins and to send them around. And it was at that time that I thought, wow, this, this really could be a thing, and of course, I felt bad about missing the beginning and not being rich and everything, but I, I felt there was a way I could contribute by making shows and just talking about Bitcoin and trying to be fun with it and be entertaining. And uh, I think it worked really well. A lot of people watch the shows and say they learned about Bitcoin or they heard about the news by watching the shows. That's funny that you called it Warcraft money. I think that's funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it's right. Yeah, it's a digital currency, and if Warcraft had wanted to do this, uh, they certainly have a, a currency which is valuable. And they could have uh, you know, put it out there on eBay or any other kind of trading platform. But, uh, or Amazon credit. Amazon uh, money is another big thing these days. And to, to add on what you were saying about early adopters you know, making money off of it, but isn't that with anything new? I mean, anything new, the people that get in on it first and take the biggest risk, they get the biggest reward, you know? 
Oh, definitely. But uh, there's just something about Bitcoin where everyone that gets into it suddenly has this motivation. Like the people before me were rich from holding on to this, and I want to be rich from holding on to it too. So whenever you tell someone new about it, it always seems as bit as if you're a show for the currency. I think part of that's just because it really is such an exciting idea. It really is a new kind of money, a new kind of value, and it just goes back to the, the basic blocks of the Internet. We were sending around TCIP, TCPIP packets, and you know, now we're sending around blockchain packets or bitcoins. You know, it's the same kind of information is getting out there in a whole new way. Absolutely. And, well, I hope... I can be a, a medium early adopter and make a little bit. But anyways, getting getting back to your show, um, obviously you were bitten by the Bitcoin bug. And so why did you feel like starting a daily episodic series would get Bitcoin closer to where you wanted it to be? Well, I, I looked at what was available at the time and, and let's talk Bitcoin. It just started up and I liked what he was doing, but I really saw his, his show is more of a NPR type show, kind of a, a two or three hour radio program and, something you sit back and listen to on a Sunday afternoon. And I didn't see anything short and I didn't see anything on YouTube. So I wanted to try to fill that void for short YouTube Bitcoin videos. And it just, I had some free time at the time and I wanted to get into Bitcoin and I'm not a computer programmer. I mean, I know a little computer programming, but that's not my main focus. And I just saw this was as a way to be involved and to help Bitcoin go forward. Nice. So, your persona as mad Bitcoin. Uh, could you tell us a bit about why uh, or what was behind this? And if your transformation from a regular Thomas Hunt to this persona takes a while, like does it take you a while to get into character? Or are you just like, I'm mad Bitcoins all day. I could do this all day. <laughs> no, it's mainly the, the costume and the voice gets me into the character pretty quickly. And definitely uh, when I go to conventions, I like to loudly introduce each interview. And I don't really mind if people uh, turn over and look and they're like, oh my goodness, are they shooting an interview there? Um, but the, the character really came about because uh, I probably didn't want to do it as me. I didn't want to put myself out there. And uh, For the first several months of the show, even, I had a possibility that at limited anonymity. Uh, they probably could have tracked me down through the domain names. Uh, if they were really serious, I'm sure they'd get my IP addresses and figure it out or something. But uh, I had I, my name wasn't out there. And it is kind of nice. Like when I go to conventions or I go to meetups, and if I'm not dressed as the character, I'm kind of undercover. No one knows that I'm mad Bitcoin. Uh, yeah. so I think it worked out for a lot of ways. And it's just, you know, when you create a character, uh, all of the like criticism of the show is all on the character. It's not really on me. Like people don't <laughs> like the voice, or they think I talk too fast. Yeah, yeah, that's a character. It's not me. So uh, I enjoy that aspect of it too. And, and it's just. Uh, I had the green screen. I had the I had the costume left over from Burning Man, pretty much. I was a game <laughs> show host out there, and um, yeah, just, it all came together. And I I thought it mainly uh, when it comes to Mad Bitcoins, it's all about what I think is funny and the kind of show that I would like to watch. Uh, so I'm the one who has to write it, and I'm the one who has to edit it, and I have to put it out there. So I've seen the show five or ten times by the time it goes out. And uh, if I wasn't the biggest fan of the show, I wouldn't keep doing the show. So I think we can relate to that ourselves. Yeah. So uh, you have to you have to like what you're doing. You have to like, and that's how you get better at it too. Is, is that uh, relentless focus? And that's another reason I did five days a week, and sometimes even more than that, 
is I just, I really believe in uh, kind of the artist's way and like shitty rough drafts and you just have to keep working on something until it gets good. And, uh, you know, you have to put in your 10,000 hours, like uh, Gladwell says. And uh, if you look at the early Mad Bitcoin shows, they maybe aren't very good. But, you know, maybe after 20 or 30 shows, I start to get the hang of it. And I really think that's true for anybody that wants to do anything. Yeah, lucky so for you, for you're, you're, you're after our 20th episode. <laughs> I, I tell people to not even try to listen to our first couple shows. It's like, don't start there. Just pretend they don't exist. Yeah, and Corey <laughs> hates his voice. Isn't that right, Corey? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So I think that... I can just change it, right? <laughs> uh, I, I might adapt a character at some point. <laughs> you can yeah, yeah. him. Definitely. I've seen a lot of the... Uh, and a lot of radio shows take kind of the, the Howard Stern format where they have a bunch of characters on the show. And, uh, like the, um, I don't forget his name, but that ESPN guy, he does a lot of shows that's like Howard Stern. Uh, Dan Patrick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Got a whole cast of characters. So I think the question on everybody's mind is, oh, where did you get those shades from? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, just like everything, you can... Uh, Buy it at Amazon.com through purse.io. You could spend bitcoins, save money. Nice. <laughs> Get the that plug was a in nice there. plug. I like how you slid that. In. <laughs> you are professional now, sir. That was good. <laughs> um, so I have another question. I noticed your your sign on. I think it was what we can call it, and you say "Hello Bitcoins." <laughs> Did you get that from that "Hello Vietnam" movie with Robin Williams? Oh, yeah, it's definitely an homage to uh, Good Morning Vietnam. And uh, when I started the show, Robin Williams hadn't passed away yet, so it wasn't quite as sad. But, I, yeah, I always enjoy the kind of the energy with which he always started off his shows. And, of course, if you watch uh, if you watch the movie and you remember, it has a lot of dramatic irony where he's this funny guy and he goes to this essentially horrible thing, horrible place that's happening. And uh, he tries to inject the humor into it. And even there... The humor can't overtake the horror of the situation. Uh, it just comes back, and then you know he leaves kind of this defeated character. The, the Vietnam overtook his ideas of comedy. Uh, so yeah, I definitely like that as an option. I'm also big in Howard Stern, and I know that he's a he's made a really good career out of uh, like repetitious sayings. Like uh, it's it's taken from the Larry Sanders show, but the hey now, hey now. Yeah. And then he says these kind of things over and over. I think that's a, a real key for a show. you got to have, like Stephen Colbert has the a great president or greatest president. You know, these, these different things that he comes back to. And I think having those things um, really helps. Like, uh, I think it makes a show easier to, to do and it makes it easier to watch uh, because you can have these familiar things that come back again. Yeah, I say, hey, everybody, at the beginning of each show. But that's terrible catchphrase <laughs> <laughs> well you gotta make it into something better or you gotta do it in a, sp- in a certain way and uh, I don't know I think you really you'll know that you've hit it when people start complaining uh, oh, because nice. they, if there's three or four people complaining that means there's probably 20 or 30 people that like it uh, I know at the end of the show I do the little like you know mad bitcoins mad bitcoins I kind of do some voice uh, work there and that developed over time uh, but as people started to like it, I would forget to do it sometimes because if, if it's not the script, I don't do it. Uh, and people would get upset. They'd be like, the show didn't end properly today. You need to end the show you know, the right way. <laughs> oh, wow. Damn you, man. So, Bitcoins, I, I was waiting for that. My day. <laughs> they get upset. They're like, what? And I also, I also think, of course, you know, in the Mad Bitcoin context, repeating the name of the show over and over again 
has kind of a Stephen Colbert uh, self-effacing uh, quality to it. So I definitely keep that up. It's overbranded, and then that's a joke that it's overbranded. So. Thank you for the sage wisdom. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Yeah, your your YouTube channel has gotten quite popular over the over the time. It's really evolved, and but and these avenues have grown into other other venues, as like the uh, the Bitcoin Group and World Crypto Network. How, what do these sites provide in addition to your original broadcast? Well, it started out as I was doing mad Bitcoins, and everyone was kind of like, "This is really silly. We want to see a serious news show." And I actually tried to do it a couple of times with just a, a suit and looking at the camera. And I don't really have a teleprompter, so my eyes didn't look quite right. And I find it really hard to maintain like a boring news tone. I want to be a certain other kind of tone, more of a fun radio tone. Uh, so I really couldn't do the straight news. But I'm a big fan of the McLaughlin group. And a lot of people don't watch this show, but I think a lot of people should. It's on YouTube now. You can tune it right in. And basically... For the last 30 years, these guys have been gathering every week to discuss political news and to kind of argue and debate about it. And uh, I kind of thought the same thing we needed for Bitcoin. So I started the Bitcoin group, and I just started getting my friends, people that I'd met in Bitcoin, people that I knew together, and we would talk about the issues, and that was a little more serious. And then uh, we needed kind of a place beyond that uh, where other people could do shows, so we started the World Crypto Network. And that's pretty much anyone who wants to. Uh, you can kind of make your own YouTube channel first, make 10 or so shows, show that you're dedicated to it. Of course, have your own QR code to handle your own donations. And you can put your show on World Crypto Network, and everyone can kind of give you notes. We have a little community. People give advice and stuff like that. And we've had quite a lot of shows that go through there, and new shows start and old shows leave. And it's been a lot of fun just to help people talk more about Bitcoin all over the world. That is really cool. It's really interesting that it's it's become it's become this this community of of similar type broadcasting techniques is what you've what you've done and but you know still providing their own content. Yep, it's been really good. And I think we've had a recently. It's been a little strange because I've I of course obviously went to work, so I'm I'm very focused on purse and working right now. And other people have had to come in and kind of fill the void of the World Crypto Network. And if you look at it now. The star of the World Crypto Network is definitely Theo Group. Uh, Theo's got a great show, Bitcoin Technical Analysis. Uh, he gets together three or four other traders and their chart readers, and they bring up all the various bonds and stocks and the various lines that they have, and they try to predict the future, and, and they tell us what's going on in all these markets. And uh, it's a really good show because it's only like 15 minutes, so you can just kind of pick it up and you get opinions from everybody. So it's like four or five different chart readers' opinions. And he's also doing transmission with interviews, and, and we still got the Bitcoin group, and we got a couple of other shows that are on every once in a while, but we're still doing good. We're still putting the content out there. Right on. Have you, uh, I mean, you said you went to, uh, like, you go to conferences, and you typically go by your, your normal self so people don't see you, you can go incognito. But in your experience, as you started going, conferences from the you know early days till now the diversity of people changed or is it still pretty much all dudes all the time <laughs> yeah it's it's still pretty much all dudes all the time there's about uh there's about five women in bitcoin they're all very lovely i've definitely met them all um but 
yeah, we're, we're still a largely male, male-oriented population. I'm not sure what it is, just computer programmers, uh, libertarians, people into monetary freedom seems to be men uh, at this point. And I, I think, I hope we can change that. I hope we can get more women into, uh, I think shopping is a largely female-dominated area. If we don't have them, we're not going to be able to do shopping. And uh, other other areas like this, I think everyone should be interested in monetary freedom and in Bitcoin. Uh, but yeah, right now, the other thing about the conferences is not just that it's, it's all men, it's kind of all the same people. So for me now, conferences is really just going to hang out with my Bitcoin friends. Uh, a bunch of them work at companies, some of them are in the Bitcoin media, and we all just go and we kind of hang out and have a good time, and it's really nice to meet. So. Right on, man, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. We could have got so chauvinistic right there, but I avoided it. I avoided all the bad jokes. <laughs> we need more women in Bitcoin. We do. Um, so, our very last question um, to put you on the spot, since now we know you don't watch our show, unfortunately. Boom, boom, boom. But the very last question is: In ten words or less, could you describe Bitcoin? Ten words or less. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, if I was like really, I'm not sure how ten words, but I think it's just Bitcoin is a new kind of money where people don't lose money from inflation. Oh, two uh, words over, just two. Uh, you almost <laughs> made it. You almost Sad it makes you feel any better. Almost no one makes it. Yeah, we're on a losing streak right now. <laughs> Pretty solid losing streak, actually. <laughs> That's a about... over how many words people are over. Yeah, what did we get? A hundred words in the last episode. The the director of communications from Overstock gave like a forty two word answer. <laughs> it was an essay. Yeah, even when I was answering, I'm like the uh, the deflationary qualities haven't really proven themselves yet because we haven't reached a large enough uh, number of users yeah. to really cement that in. So there is there's definitely some risk to holding Bitcoin, as I'm sure everyone knows over the, the past year or so. <laughs> Well, thank you for the strong attempt. You've gotten closer than we've gotten in weeks. Um, thank you for stopping by the show, Mad Bitcoins. We appreciate yeah. it. We aspire to be like you, and thank you. Oh, well, just keep doing it every day, and you'll get better. And, uh, of course, email me if you guys want to get on the World Crypto Network. We're always looking for new shows. And also, we've got an affiliate program at purse.io. If you run a podcast or a web page or even a Twitter and you want to tell people about Purse where they can shop with Bitcoins and save money at Amazon, uh, we can give you a small cut of that. And a pretty standard affiliate deal. Give me an email. I'll set you up. Right on. Awesome. You. That was Mad Bitcoins. That's his thing. That's what he says. Mad Bitcoins. And I hope that you guys loved that interview. Um, he's a really cool guy. He's doing a really cool thing for us Bitcoiners. And if you guys have friends that are on the fence, kick those mofos off the fence toward the Bitcoin side and maybe steer them Mad Bitcoin's way um, because he'll give them a soft landing as they land into a, reality, a whole new reality that is the awesomeness of Bitcoin. So where are we at, Jello? Where are we at? Where are we at? Uh, I keep reading about this Blythe Masters lady. Um 
who just judging I don't know what she looks like but just based off that name she has to be super unattractive and <laughs> I read about her every week and I don't know why because she doesn't endorse bitcoin what do you mean you don't know what she looks like you just google the name and she comes up her her dumb quotes like make headlines and no one ever uses her picture maybe she's unattractive and they don't want to use her picture you know no, what I think but she's is? definitely got resting bitch face Oh there yeah, you go. big time. She's got RBF like it's going out of style. The thing can is, you, can you imagine a two-year-old girl named Blythe? It's not cute. It won't be a cute baby. That's a that, that's a. <laughs> let me talk to your manager name. Yeah, let me talk to your manager. Yes, my name is Blythe. Oh God, here this shit goes. Um, well, it sounds like a I, bad I, porn star. I need. I think I need to get into her quote, or else we're just attacking her name and the way she looks, and that's. <laughs> There is yeah, a reason why I brought it up. Yeah, um, she she said that Wall Street banks will eventually accept the blockchain technology, even if it takes five or ten years. And fear and greed will drive banks to the technology behind Bitcoin. So she thinks that the technology is good enough, but not the actual product, which is dumb. Yeah. Well, the technology is the product. It's just half the battle. It's not the whole story, man. You gotta have the token on top of the technology to make the token go. But she doesn't understand it because she's her. But here's the thing that really scares me. Do you really want the root mean for somebody switching over to a new paradigm to be fear and greed? Do you want that? No. No. Exactly. She did, she did attribute negative effects to people coming over, and that's why she thinks that Bitcoin won't be adopted, which is dumb, uh, you know what in I, my opinion. But go ahead, go it's, ahead. It's, it's a, it's a, you can't. I don't know. I don't, I don't like living in a world where I assume people will do things out of fear and greed. It may be the reality in some cases, but I don't want to automatically assume it. Exactly. Who, who wants to do something because I'm? Oh, I'm scared, or oh, I want it all. I want it. That's I don't not. think the main motivators in life or humanity are fear and greed. They're large motivators, but they're not the only ones. Yeah, we're not the strongest, true. in my opinion. I'm not doing this because I, I, all the things I do is not out of fear and greed. It's out of uh, curiosity and wonder. Huh? Yeah. Man, maybe you should throw a quote right back at her, and we could we could come up with like a bootleg name and call it like Bluth Misters. And just create a new person, and that has better quotes that are smarter but Bitcoin centric, and just uh, it's like a spoof of Blythe Masters. Yeah, I'm down with that. <laughs> like, a, I like that. A, a contrasting character. Yeah, that's like just take all the negative words they say and yeah. just flip them with good words. The antithesis of Blythe Masters is Bluth Misters, right. and, <laughs> and and Twitter. she's will be created. <laughs> Bluth Misters. <laughs> I think her th- her deal is like, you know, she has an allegiance to Chase, so she believes in Bitcoin, but doesn't want to completely break away from banks, investors, and, and the market and all that. So she's trying to play like both sides. Can I? And I think that's what bugs me the most. Can I put my foot in my mouth here? Yeah. I want to put my foot in my mouth for maybe a month ago. I actually endorsed this woman. And said, oh, Blythe Masters. 
She knows her stuff because she hangs out with fancy people. And I'm taking all that shit back. I think she's kind of dumb when it comes to seeing the, the, the big oh. picture of things. What? Should I no, not call her dumb? Oh, okay. <laughs> scared the shit out of me. For a oh. oh, shit. Don't call I her dumb. Nothing. I got nothing. She's going to drop bombs over Baghdad on us. Who's um, playing with their silverware mobile? Yeah, somebody is definitely playing silverware <laughs> I handled hockey. that. Don't worry about it. I handled <laughs> it. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking my endorsement away because she doesn't understand the big picture and that just having a bunch of pank, banks run their own blockchain does no good for the people whatsoever. And another thing, wasn't she kind of responsible for the 2008 meltdown? from what I've been reading, like the whole default swaps thing, that was her great idea. Yep. Yeah, thought so. So I think we just gave birth to a new segment. Every week we're going to see um, stupid things that Bluth misters said in the media. <laughs> we're going re- to report it every week. Okay. No, stupid shit Blythe Masters says and what Bluth misters would say in her oh, yeah. <laughs> I like Bluth misters. Cool. And we'll tweet that shit. Do I, um... We might be running out of time, but do I, um... Imitate another black celebrity this week? Do you have a black celebrity to imitate? Um, I'll give you one. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, give me one. Go. Ja Rule. I knew it! I fucking knew it! I knew it. Uh... Where would I be without my bitcoins? Is that good? Is that good enough? <laughs> it's Ja Rule, baby. Get okay, on that uh, coin base. Let's try Cleveland Brown. Oh, Peter. <laughs> oh, boy, Peter. You'll never believe what happened. Oh, I went online and I was hanging out in a forum. You may know it as Reddit. <laughs> And I got myself into a subreddit, Peter, and it was called r slash Bitcoin. Oh, I'm just going to make random noises. <laughs> that's what he does. That's pretty tweet good. my mustache a little bit. And then Bitcoin, yeah. <laughs> was that good? Oh, that's pretty good. All the... Is he a celebrity? Anybody that's ready to get dollars, dollars. (laughs) (laughs) It's murder. I think everyone deep down has their own Ja Rule impression. Ja Rule, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Miller bits on bits on Miller bits on bits. That's his rap. That's his. (laughs) Okay. We need to stop. We need to. We need to go All right, into we'll, the end we'll, of the I think show. we'll cut the show on that one. All right, I'm going to make a Twitter uh, at Bluth Misters that just says a whole everything that that she says. I flip it, so follow that. Follow us at the BTC Podcast, Facebook, all the usual channels, man. Just uh, follow us because this is a passion project, and we yeah. appreciate you listening. Donate if you want to. That'd be cool. You won't, but we want you to. <laughs> yeah, man, we could do more donate, stuff. If you donate, donate even if you don't want to. Yeah. Cool yeah. Prove don't us wrong. Don't you want to, babe? Isn't that a song? Yeah. Don't you Uh-oh. love me, baby? Yeah. Oh. 
Yeah, that's it. All right. Well, I was trying to get through a whole episode without that happening. Nah, it's not going to happen. At nope. this point, we need to just introduce her and bring her on the show. Nope. Why not? You don't want to do that? I don't want a celebrity baby. You don't want a celebrity baby. Oh, I keep, because, I keep her out of the limelight. Yeah. You don't want to blow her head up too soon. Childhood yeah. stars kind of wait. Let's tread softly because we've interviewed one. <laughs> Let's wrap this up and <laughs> play the outro. Don't you love me, baby? Don't you love me? Oh. Don't you? Chella, you don't want in on this? Don't. Are you still recording? Don't you want me? Probably. <laughs> they say that you don't need me when you want me when you need me. Yeah, those are the words? You just made that up? Yes, they are. Nice. Those are this is exactly how it goes. I got lyrics.com up right now. Oh my god. What? Ciao, Janchi. I'm done. Thank you.